listening to the 215 of Philly Sports Podcast. On SoundCloud, MixCloud, or subscribe on iTunes. For in-depth Philadelphia sports coverage. And here's your host, Josh Liddick. How's it going, everybody? Live here on the 215. Josh Levick here, bringing you the in-depth Philadelphia sports coverage. Whole lot to get to tonight on this Sunday edition of the show, March 26th. It's been a couple weeks since I've been on, trying to get a little in here and try to try to talk about the week that we had this past week in terms of Philadelphia sports coverage. It's a lot to get to, actually. I mean, the Sixers playing a little bit the last couple days. Uh, we'll start with them and then get a little into maybe the little Flyers talk, uh, a little bit into the, uh, the Phillies as well. Not to- so much Eagles. I talked a little bit about the Eagles last time, um, you know, on the show. I talked a little bit about Alshon Jeffrey and that signing, and, and what that means in term for the Philadelphia sports world. And you know, let's get let's get started here with a little bit about the Sixers. Um, we 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 talk about this. You know, it's been an up and down season, no doubt about it. The season has uh, has been an interesting one for Sixers fans and. Looking at the Sixers and what they've done this year, you know, they've been a little bit of everything as of the last couple weeks. They've been really good. They've had their highs playing with uh, without Joel Embiid in the starting lineup. You know, you, you lose Nerlens Noel to the Mavericks, and then uh, you have all the injuries. Irsan Ilyasova is not there anymore to provide the scoring that you may have been able to have gotten before um and and, and then you lose Joel Embiid to injury you, feel, you find out Ben Simmons isn't going to play for this entire season and uh you know the 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 high that the Philadelphia fans the Sixers fans felt uh at the beginning of January through the month and you know it was an unbelievable high it was one of these highs where you were almost like thinking that this team was gonna was gonna pan out to be something amazing. Maybe, maybe, just maybe that they would find themselves in a position where they could make the playoffs. I mean, I know all the media, all the critics out there, all the non-Sixers fans out there were saying that there would be no chance in heck that the Sixers would make the playoffs. And I think from a uh, from a critic standpoint, yeah. I don't think it was going to happen. There's no way that it was going to happen. But for that month of January, for whatever it was, of 15 games, the team played like a champion. They t- they played like one of the best teams in the NBA, no doubt about it. I mean, there's no doubt about it that the Sixers were playing well, like one of the best teams in the NBA. They were the... They were the best team that month of January, and it was all because of Joel Embiid. I mean, the way that he played, the way that his his poise, the way that he he conducted himself on the court against really good teams, game in game out, you know, stepping up to the three point line and 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 making sinking 
unbelievably sinking shot after shot after shot and afterwards putting his hands up in the air motioning to the Philadelphia fans to get with him and get with the program and cheer on this Philadelphia team there's no way you could have said that this team was not legit in that moment then Joel Embiid you know he gets hurt uh, he, he gets the the, bro, the bone bruise on the knee, um, you know, and, and all that stuff. He tweaked it a little bit. He played the Houston game. He got hurt after that game. And, and, and really, you know, the season kind of shaped out the way that it is that it is now. And, and really, understandably, you know, the injury to Joel Embiid was tough, no doubt about it. I mean, you lose a guy that, you know, contributed so much to a team, so many great, great minutes off uh, in the starting lineup as the center, um, and then you lose a guy. But then you have this team now where, you know, Dario Saric, he he comes into the uh, – in, is it Saric or, or Saric? I know that he wants to go by Saric. Um, I was talking to uh, someone at the station that I'm interning at, and uh, he was like – no, 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 no. It's Saric. We're gonna go Saric. None of this Saric stuff. Come on, man. Come on. Let's 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 get with the program here. But you know, that aside, Dario Saric has been amazing for the team uh, as of late. He's been unbelievable, um, and he's having one of the best rookie seasons. And he probably will win Rookie of the Year. And uh, over Joel Embiid, which at this point, before a couple weeks ago, I was kind of saying, ah, man, I want to get still give it to the process. You got to give it to JoJo, the way that he conducted himself, the way that he played the game of basketball and brought Sixers basketball back on the map. Nothing compares to what that brought to the city uh, and what it's going to bring to the city for years to come. Uh, but Dario Saric has been unbelievable for the Sixers as of late and, and really looking at it in the grand scheme of things I mean of the entire season looking at it on an entire perspective uh, a broad and horizon perspective Dario Saric is the guy I mean he's going to win rookie of the year but that aside he was amazing this season the the six years as of late have been disappointing um, but they've also been really good they've been everything that we've been wanting them to be and they've been an absolute disappointment uh, in the span of two weeks, I mean, they, they've had, they've showed the glimpses of what they're going to be in the future. There's no doubt about it. Even without Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons on the court, it's a kind of unbelievable and and really impressive to see a team that we know has flashes of greatness every once in a while. We know they're going to be good, but they're also they also have the, the the chance and they show it that they are good. They can be good without Simmons and Embiid on the court, which is kind of unbelievable when you have guys like TJ McConnell and Robert Covington and um, uh, Gerald Henderson and Rashawn Holmes, who was a D-League player, and Sean Long, who showed some glimpses, and he was a D-League player too. They just signed him to a long-term deal after a 10-day contract and uh, that they gave to him. And, you know, isn't that fascinating to think that a team that, you know, is pretty much built around guys that would probably not make many other teams, um, they are so competitive. And, and really, it all stems from this process mentality that Joel Embiid has brought to the city of Philadelphia and beyond. And it's unbelievable the way that he has 
played and, and and not only that but the way that he is he is kind of conducted himself on social media the way that he has talked to the media uh in general the way that he can uh he associates with the fans i think one of my favorite um gifts is uh of all time right now is probably the one of of Embiid uh holding the little girl uh and giving her a high five i think it just shows that he's a larger than life kind of guy but he knows what it means to be you know on that kind of fan level i mean not it was not just it it only seemed it's probably a couple of years ago that he was in cameroon and and not really uh and, and then he got made it his way to kansas and play a little bit there but really he's he almost seems like he's just one of us he's just another guy and i think that's what makes it so great and really you know it's kind of unbelievable to think that a guy even though he's been in the league for two years with the injuries and stuff like that this year the first year that he plays he already has this poise that brings the best out of everybody around him uh, I, I kind of like I, I hate to, to to beat a dead horse on this one but I but it almost to me it's like he has this Tom Brady mentality I, I know I, I don't want to bring Tom Brady into a Philly sports podcast but it's really, really relevant because you look at Joel Embiid and you look at this Sixers team, a team that was 10 and 72 last year, 10 and 72. You just put that into perspective, 10 and 72. This year they go out and what they've won 26 games. Um, let me take a look at ESPN really quick and, and uh, do I have it up? My phone is being weird and I'm trying to figure out how many wins. The Sixers have, I should, you know, I should have it, you know, I should have it. 27, they're 27 and 45, they play the Pacers tonight, um, but the Sixers, they're 27 and 40, 27, that's a 17, that is a 17 game win increase from last season, 17, and it's not like they, you know, gained all these guys, or they signed a Russell Westbrook, or a Kevin Durant, or one of these guys, they didn't do that, they didn't do that, all they did was have Joel Embiid come back from injury after being out two seasons, coming back from injury and, and dominating for one month and then, you know, 31 games, and then he's done. He's done for the season with this injury, with this meniscus tear injury that now he's he got surgery on the other day. And he's, uh, it was a successful surgery. What does this mean? Does this mean that he will be back next year and raring to go? Or does it mean that, you know, it's this is just a sign of things to come? that this surgery even though it was successful the injury that he has sustained will it will it affect his his future will it affect the way that he plays on the court um in the future years i don't know i honestly don't know i i can't even say if he will be healthy next year to start out the year i, I can't even say that because the way that we've seen him being injured, he's been now injured three years in a row. And even then, you know, in Kansas in college, his senior year, he got hurt then too. So, I mean, every year he's played basketball, he has gotten hurt. And he's a, what, 23-year-old now? And he has, he's seven foot two. It's got to be a hard life to be a seven foot two, 23-year-old, uh, where you really don't have a whole lot of basketball experience, just a little bit from what you've uh, gained over the last couple of years. And, you know, it's just unbelievable. I think that, you know, Joel Embiid, he has a tough road to get ahead for him. And does this mean that he'll be good next season? Good to play next season? We know that he'll be good uh, talent-wise. But will he be good to go by the beginning of next year? I, it's hard to say. I've told some other people 
on my radio show at Kutztown uh, with Paul Petrucci under the lights. Uh, talked to him a little bit about it. You know, I'm almost not even. I'm not even here to say that Joel Embiid will be ready to go for next year because I would even give Ben Simmons a better chance of being able to play at season's beginning next season. There's no doubt about it. I would probably definitely put Ben Simmons in that in in that category, where I think that foot injury, while it may be bad for some people and maybe it was a little bit hard for him to recover from it, uh, no doubt because you know he's not playing now and Ben Simmons should be playing at this point uh, after the injury that he sustained last uh, at the end of the summer and they said he was going to come back in February. They kind of uh, downgraded it. They never really said that he was 100% and they did and then now you know now he's out for the year and they shut him down. He's going to play next year. Um, but I really think that he will play the first game of the year next year. You know, if all if everything goes well in the summer league, uh, which I think he will play, uh, then you know have him play uh, at the start of next year. I think Ben Simmons will play. Do I think Joel Embiid will play at the beginning of next season? I honestly, right now, I'm gonna say no. Um, you know, a lot of people are gonna be like, "Wow, Josh, why don't you want Joel? I I want him to play. There's no doubt about it. I want him to play so bad." Uh, but you know, at what cost, at what cost, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy, but back to the Sixers, they beat Chicago last night or uh, Friday night. They were blown out by Oklahoma city. They lost to Orlando on Monday, uh, they beat Boston at home. And then they blew out Dallas by 42 points. This team, they have the ebbs and flows and the ups and downs of being an incredible team. Even without their star players, they are still a solid team, which is unbelievable. It's this mentality that Joel Embiid brought to this team that gave him a 17-win increase. Uh, they beat Boston without Isaiah Thomas, and then this past week was kind of a was a down one, no doubt about it. Losing to Oklahoma City, which is a tough team to beat when you have Russell Westbrook, who you know T.J. McConnell just could not guard him. Um, and then they beat Chicago in Chicago, which is really cool. Joel uh, Gilles Okafor did not play. Uh, do the knee injury. He's not going to play tonight. So uh, it's just frustrating to have him beat out with the knee injury. And now Okafor's out with a knee injury. He's missed a lot of time uh, the past couple weeks. So um, only a handful of games left to play for the Sixers, really. I mean, there's only a couple games left. Um, not a whole lot of time. Really not a whole lot of time to show what you have um they only have a couple more games at home they have a couple more games on the road i think there's like eight or nine games left this season they're out of the playoff spot now you know you don't want to see your team lose there's never a time that you want to see your team lose because no one likes losing everyone wants to win and and really for me i think for the sixers sake i i want to see them win because it makes me happy to see them so successful and see people put them you know you know, be featured on ESPN once in a while or to, uh, you know, have a highlight reel or for people to talk about you. You know, it's always good to have people talk about your team uh, after them being so bad for four years in a row or five years in a row or whatever it may be. You know, finally, the Sixers are being talked about. Finally, the Sixers are being placed in a position where they can be on national television. You know, what was the last time the Sixers were featured on national television before this season? Who, who brought them to national TV on ESPN in February against the Houston Rockets? Oh, yeah, that was Joel Embiid. I mean, the team, they've, they've turned the corner. There's no doubt about it. But at this point in the season, the playoffs are out of the picture. 
Uh, you don't have Joel Embiid. You don't have Ben Simmons. You don't have really anything to play for at this point except for that lottery position. The more games you win, you want to be competitive. Yeah, you want to make the fans happy. You want to sell tickets. You want to sell merchandise. You want to do all that stuff. But at the same time, you got to think about the future. And at this point in the season, I mean, there are teams that are worse than the Sixers. And I think that, you know, it is a lottery. So there is that chance of getting a high pick. But you almost got to you almost got to think of it as the Sixers need they're right now in the five to eight draft pick um, area so you know there are guys that you can get at five to eight but I think the guys that the Sixers want at this point are only going to fall in the top five top six maybe top seven but I can't see anybody you know the Sixers they want a certain they want certain guys they want a Markel Fultz who's probably going to go number one or number two um Honestly, you know, there's been so much talk about why the Sixers shouldn't get Lonzo Ball that no one's been talking about him, um, about them, you know, the prospect of of them falling to the Sixers, which is kind of crazy. That I don't think anybody's been talking about the Sixers being a top three pick, which is probably not going to happen. But no one's been talking about the prospect of getting Lonzo Ball. Everyone's been saying how much they shouldn't get Lonzo Ball, but is, could that be a possibility? Yeah, I mean, that could be a possibility. Um, we don't even know. I mean, could Lonzo Ball's draft stock fall because of his dad? And that's a possibility. There's no doubt about it. That could happen. But Lonzo is probably going to stay where he's at. There's no doubt. I, I really think that Lonzo Ball is going to be a guy that's going to be drafted in the top three. Um, and that and that's probably what's going going to happen. There's you know Dennis Smith is out there. Uh, Fultz, like I said, Malik Monk. That's going to be the guy that people are really going to want. Josh jo- uh, Josh Jackson is there as well so you know the Sixers they really right now at this point in the season there's not a whole lot for them to play for and we know that but should they tank you know there's only a couple I I think at this point if you want them to be successful if you want them to have a good draft pick they're gonna need to lose some of these games Uh, they can't win everyone Uh, but I do need to suggest that they should not lose on Wednesday I'm going I'll be there I'll be at the Wells Fargo Center on Wednesday night against the Hawks uh, with Kutztown, they're taking a bus trip, and uh, the Sixers, I hope you do not lose that game, because I want you guys to win, because I, I, I like seeing wins, I like seeing wins, I like seeing good games, I want to see a TJ McConnell buzzer beater, I want to see a Dario Saric game, I'm kind of upset, because the first 40 tickets that were sold at this event for Kutztown get to meet uh, the players at halftime, or something like that, I don't know if it's halftime, it doesn't make much sense to me, because why would players want to meet fans at halftime, they want to go, especially when they're losing, why would you want to do that, you should just go to the locker room, prepare, like, as a fan, as a, as a big Sixers fan, I, I don't want them to be distracted, you know what I mean, you know what I mean, yeah, but anyway, uh, but the sad part is, uh, MB just had the injury, I was hoping that maybe he would have, or the surgery, I was hoping that maybe he would have his like street clothes on or something like that, and uh, I could get a selfie with him and get a little bit of a a process patented pose. You like that the the three P's there? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was hoping maybe that would be a, a case, but probably won't happen uh, after he's probably going to be in a wheelchair or on crutches or something. Uh, but maybe he'll be there anyway. It's one of the last uh, home games of the year. Um, but yeah, it'd be cool to go see him, and uh, that'll be fun. But you know. Are they going to lose out? No, they're not going to lose. I think they're going to win a couple more games here and there. But, you know, if they want to have that lottery position, they do need to think about not purposely losing games, but they need to go in with the mentality saying that you can't win everyone either. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we have a top eight pick. 
Um, but yeah, so that'll do it for my Sixers portion of it. Um, and I'm just going to do a little bit more here on the 215, uh, and then we'll get into a little bit more um, of other stuff. I do want to talk a little bit about the Flyers um, and the Phillies and just where their seasons are at right now. There's there's a lot of talk about what is going to happen with them. Uh, the Flyers, I mean, really, for all intents and purposes, the Flyers have had a really, really bad year. Um, and it's kind of sad because at one point in the year, uh, the, you know, they had that 10-game winning streak, which really solidified me that the Flyers would be the team to take them all the way. I, I could see them. Honestly, I could. I saw them being a top seed in the Stanley Cup playoffs and possibly going to the Stanley Cup. I, that's how good I, I thought the Flyers were. And I know people are going to be like, that's just you being a Philly fan. Uh, you guys are always too optimistic about your teams when they're good. And then you're really pessimistic about your teams when they're bad. Uh, but for me, at this point in the season, I, a 10-game winning streak, they were they were doing everything right. The goaltending was there. They had a couple shutouts here and there. Mason was on fire. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, it was Mason. It was pretty much all Mason. Um, and then the scoring was there. You know, Claude Giroux was playing like the captain finally. Wayne Simmons was, you know, an MVP candidate at that point in the season. Um you know, Shane Gossespierre was never really, never really panned out the way that he did last season. But you know, other than that, they were playing on all cylinders, and really, teams went into matchups with the Flyers, fearing them, fearing them. I mean, you look at this team, and then now they, you can't even watch a game without being frustrated with something. The defense, you know, started out not there then picked it up with the 10-game winning streak, and now we finally see they've been exposed. This team does not know how to win. They're not winners. Uh, they play like they're, you know, they don't even want to be out on the ice anymore, and then they're, they're po don't, even get, don't even get me started with their post-game conference. I mean, come on. Come on. They act like nothing went wrong. They act like everything is okay, and then it's going to be okay. Coach Dave Haxtall does not even deserve does not even deserve to be the head coach of the Flyers anymore. I mean, the guy is unbelievably it's stupid the way that he conducts himself uh, in, in post-game post shows and, and his press conferences saying that, you know, he liked the way that his team played. How could you How could you even think about saying that you liked the way your team played after losing, like, 4-1? to There's nothing positive you could take out, oh, yeah, we scored a goal. Congratulations, man. You scored a goal. Big whoop. Like, are you kidding me? You can't even say that there's any benefits to be taken out. If there was a benefit to be taken out, you would go the next game and you'd win your game four to nothing, or five to nothing, or three to two, or something. You would you go on a little bit of a win streak here and there, but instead, no, no, that doesn't happen. You you beat the Penguins four to nothing, and the next night you get beat by the by the one of the worst teams in the NHL, the New Jersey Devils. Come on, seriously. And this guy goes, and he, he thinks that he could be just a talking head saying that, you know, all these things about the Flyers and how, how you know, the, the the performance that he saw all out on the ice was a was a uh, good one. It was a, it, it, he really liked the way that they showed their determination and heart. Come on, man. Same old stuff every single week. You say it every game, and it is getting old. So, 
you know, the, the Flyers, they've been really, really disappointing. And I, I almost said that they would be the team to be on the up and up now. One, one of the guy, one of the teams that I could see winning a, winning a championship first. Uh, even this year, I thought they were going to be, they were going to turn the corner. Even, you know, even after their, their struggles, they never turned the corner. Playoff hopes are done. Um, and uh, it's just frustrating. So, you know, the Flyers, their season is pretty much over. Um, the Philly season starting up soon, and uh, they've been mediocre in spring. They've been, you know, when they had the prospects up, they were really good. Uh, then they sent some of them down to the minor league camps, uh, and now they're pretty much down to the. Uh, they're making their last. They're kind of making their last couple cuts here and there. Um, and then, you know, they've been frustrating. No doubt about it. They've been really frustrating. And uh, it's been hard to watch them. It has been hard to watch. I'm, I'm actually, honestly, I'm, you know, I'm always been a big Phillies fan. I've always been a big baseball fan. Baseball will all be, always be the sport that really makes me happy to go to and, and, and to follow. And I'll, I'm really looking forward to this season. I've already got a fantasy baseball draft. I got my uh, baseball prospectus book uh, with all the prospects in there. And, um, you know, I love baseball. I love it. Um, but this year, you know, really kind of opened my eyes. I started covering the Sixers for Sports Talk Philly. Um, and I love the NBA. I just really do. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited for next season uh, for the Sixers. And I'm, I hate to say it, but I'm almost more excited for the Sixers next season than I am for the Phillies this year because I know what they're going to do. I know what, that they're not going to be successful and I have people that tell me, oh, they're making the playoffs. They're going to be a, a 500 team. I just can't get on that level. I just can't. And there's nothing that you can say to me that will make me change your mi my mind. You know, you can't say that Freddie Gallis is a good shortstop. Come on, man. No. Yeah, I mean, he might be a good shortstop, but he's not a good hitter, and he's never going to be anything. And Cesar Hernandez, I'm not a Cesar fan. I will never be a Cesar fan. And uh, it's just frustrating. Um, and I, I think that, you know, the Philly, it, it just goes to show you know, what Philadelphia sports does to you. It's frustrating. There's no doubt about it. It is a frustrating time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. Uh, and, uh, you know, for so many years, they were like, you may, all four teams are in this rebuild process, and they're all going to have chances to, you know, be good at the same time. I can't even say that. I can't even say it because the Phillies, I just, I don't see it. I see the Sixers. I see what they can be. We see it. It's visual. It's, 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 it's there. It's tra It's not transparent. You can, you can touch it. It's, it's there. The Phillies, it's not there. It's not right in front of my eyes. I can't reach out and grab it. You know, with the Phillies, you have to wait. It's just this waiting game. It, it could happen. It, it, there's a possibility the Phillies could turn out to be something great. But you have to wait. It's this waiting game. The Sixers, you have to wait, but you can see it. You saw Embiid play for 31 games. You saw what he could do. You've seen, you know, you haven't seen Simmons yet, but you have this idea of what it could be. You know, J.P. Crawford, who knows what he's going to turn out to be. I, He's struggled in the games that he's played in. You know, last year he play, he struggled with the Iron Pigs after being called up, and then he got called up to the spring this year, and he struggled this year, and you know maybe he'll turn out to be something in the minor leagues. But when he finally comes up to Philadelphia in July or whatever it may be, or in September and September call-ups, you know you know he's going to struggle because he doesn't he doesn't 
Transition does not agree with J.P. Crawford. It's never it never has. Transition is hard for any player, any any minor league player. It's it's hard of any sport. It's hard for a transition period. You see it in in football. You know, going from college to the NFL, that's a whole nother animal. And you see it. It's it's the same story. And you know, I I have a lot of hope that J.P. Crawford's going to be everything that we want him to be. Uh, the next Jimmy Rollins. That 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 could happen. But it's not there. It's not, you can't grasp it. It's not anything that you can just go out and grab. And, you know, that's, that's tough. You know, this, the Eagles now, you have an Alshon Jeffrey. You have a, you know, Carson Wentz. You have the quarterback. You have the Torrey Smith. You just need the defense, the cornerbacks. You need to go out in the draft. You need to get some. And then you, have, you might have a football team. But I think the Eagles are going to be better next year than they were this past year. And the, the Phillies, the they're going to have the same old story year and, and maybe even next year. And I, I'm not, I just don't have as much hope with the Phillies as I used to. Uh, the Flyers, they could have a better year next year. Um, but, you know, they, it's been rough. They, they need to make changes, and, and they're going to make need to make hard changes that they might not want to make like a new head coach. That could possibly be the thing. And, I, you know, I do hope. I, I don't I probably I don't know how um, – how much people are in agreement in that, but I don't think that Dave Haxtell is the guy for the job as the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, and then finally, the Sixers, you know, they, they have what they need. You see it. You saw it. You can touch it. You've been to the games. You've cheered on the team. You've raised the cat as uh, <laughs> the new fad has started. And, you know, it's unbelievable the way that they have they have played and kind of you know, I have a trust the process sticker on my laptop, and I trust it. I trust the process, no doubt about it. But at the same time, you know, Joel Embiid, is he going to play next year? He's going to play, but is he going to start in the, uh, at the beginning of next season? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. But you can I, – I think that the Sixers have a much brighter outlook than all the other teams. Maybe I think the Eagles are probably the next closest, probably maybe even died. Um, but that is my perspective. So guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the two on five. Um, remember you can always reach out to me on Twitter at the two one five sports. That's where we are for the two one five. Um, you can listen on Mixcloud, SoundCloud and iTunes. I figured out a way to get it back on iTunes. So hopefully that, um, I do it right this time so you can get this episode tonight maybe um, that would be pretty cool um, but guys thank you so much for listening I'll be back with another episode as soon as I can uh, and then we'll finish out the Sixers season on a high note maybe uh, and uh, we'll get the we'll get ready for the draft um, we'll finish out the flyer season as well and then we'll get into baseball a little bit next show I, I'd like to get a little more into the Phillies uh, and you know exactly you want I, I want you guys to hear exactly where I'm coming from on this the Phillies and how I feel about them and how I feel about what they're gonna do you know I, I don't know you know could they do well this year it is a possibility uh, but it's a I, I think it's more of a possibility for them to be in the same boat that they were in last year so guys thank you so much once again uh, this has been an episode of the 215 podcast uh, Josh Liddick here I hope you guys have a good weekend uh, go Sixers, go Flyers, go Phillies, and uh, have a good one.